Let's go. It's time again for another episode of the Fit Fizz podcast. I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizzstudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you the knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. You guys, I cannot believe I have already been at this podcasting thing for two years as of this week. So yay, happy two-year anniversary to the FitBiz podcast. As I always say, I still have not even scratched the surface of my list of topics that I plan to talk about. And there's truly so much more that I cannot wait to get to. But thank you for being here. And as always, the information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intended diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. All right, today's topic is about something called carrageenan. Now, if you didn't see it written out in the show notes, it's C-A-R-R-A-G-E-E-N-A-N, carrageenan. So you might have never heard of it before. It's a plant-based ingredient that is in a lot of foods, and a lot of people can also have a sensitivity to it. But a lot of people who do actually don't even know, or they don't find out until years down the road. They can't figure out what's making them feel so bad. And so that is why I am bringing this to your attention today. I had not heard of carrageenan until after I started dealing with a lot of my own food sensitivities a few years ago. And I found out from some food ingredient experts who help coaches like me, and they taught me a lot of new things that I never had any clue about. And that's why I want to share it with you. Um, And since there is always so much bad information surrounding anything with fitness and nutrition, I want to make it very clear up front that this episode is not about me trying to say, everyone stay away from this right now because it's dangerous. That's not it. So if you've been following me for a while, you hopefully know that I'm not one of those types of people because honestly, those types of people are a huge problem with all of the misinformation that is rampant regarding food and nutrition and everything like that. And even if you were to right now go and Google carrageenan, there are blog posts and articles on page one of the results calling carrageenan a chemical and a carcinogen. And those things are not true. So I'm going to give you what is true. And um, things are really just never all cut and dry one way when it comes to food or any ingredients. There are always exceptions. What this episode is about is for you to be aware of all of this because it's not commonly talked about or blatantly front and center on food labels, right? Because otherwise you would know what carrageenan is already. (laughs) You probably never recall seeing it, I'd be willing to bet. On a food label. It's something that I feel is important enough to have on your radar in case you are exploring what might be causing digestive issues or skin issues or headaches or migraines or a number of other health related things in yourself or your kids or someone you care about. And we're going to get into all of that. This is something that definitely also affects kids too, because 
more and more kids are being born with suboptimal gut microbiomes. If they're born from a mother that had the same untreated gut issues or, you know, depletion of gut bacteria. So if they're born from the mother, they inherit that. So they're born being much more highly susceptible to having food sensitivities or allergies. That's why we hear about it so much more than we used to. Um, So, and as I'm about to explain, carrageenan is inflammatory. So kids tend to be more sensitive to it at some times, because if you take, let's say, a let's just say for example of cu- one cup of um, almond milk that might have carrageenan in it for an adult to drink that one cup it's not going to impact them as much because they have they're they're in a bigger body just like alcohol so for a kid to ingest that same one cup it, if they are susceptible to being sensitive to it it is going to affect them more just like you know if a person who adult who drinks alcohol weighs 100 pounds, they're going to feel a lot more impact um, than somebody who weighs 250 pounds. So keep that in mind, too. So what is carrageenan exactly? Carrageenan is something that's added to food and pharmaceuticals and personal care products to emulsify them, to thicken liquids or to give them a gel or jelly-like consistency. And it's most commonly found in foods that you'd tip loosely, very loosely categorize into things that are quote unquote healthy or organic. And I emphasize that because a lot of times we, you know, imagine going down the snack aisle of Whole Foods, you know, it's all presented in a way to make you think it's quote unquote healthy, but it's still processed food, right? It, I, it's not a whole food. It's not chicken. It's not an apple. <laughs> so it's still processed. But, you know, so these snack foods are processed in, processed in some way. Um, so a just like, um, like I was saying, an app, you're not going to find carrageenan in an apple because it is a whole food. It is unprocessed, but you will find it in lots of snacks and snack, snack packs. So it might not be in an apple, but it could be an applesauce because it is processed and it has a consistency that's somewhere between a liquid and a solid. And that's where you're most often going to find it. Another example is almond milk soy milk, oat milk, other milk alternatives, um, or yogurt of any kind, especially if it's a non-dairy or a vegan yogurt, because the people that make these non-dairy or vegan yogurts, they are trying to recreate another more natural food. So they have to use other ingredients um, and use things like carrageenan to try to come up with the same consistency as the traditional dairy type of food. Because if they don't, then we have consumers whining about it and saying, ew, that doesn't taste like yogurt or ew, that doesn't taste like milk. So that's why it's there because basically consumers ask for it. Consumers expect the substitutes to be just like the original thing. So that's why this kind of stuff is in there. Now, carrageenan itself comes from red edible seaweed. It's sometimes called Irish moss. Maybe you've heard of that. Um, So it is a natural plant product. Therefore, it is in many foods that are labeled as vegan and other foods, non-vegan foods as well. And the products that it can be found in are 
it's only expanding as the years pass. So you're going to find it more and more. While it is a natural plant product, some people have unfortunately had reactions to it. And since it's not a super common thing to hear about yet, it might be one of those situations where someone might have sudden headaches or skin rashes when they start drinking a certain brand of almond milk, for example. So they might think, oh, oh my gosh, I'm allergic to this brand of almond milk. I can't drink it. So they stop drinking it, but the headaches continue. Then maybe they start to think, oh, well, it must be gluten that's making me sick or soy that's causing the headache. When really all along, it's not these bigger groups of types of foods like soy or gluten, but it might be the carrageenan that was in those products all along. And you're probably asking yourself, okay, but how in the world would I know if carrageenan is affecting me negatively? Good question. Unfortunately, there's not a simple answer. But again, that's kind of what this whole point of the point of this whole episode is, is for you to have it on your radar so that you can look deeper into ingredients if you suspect something might be giving you trouble. And the reason that a lot of people have trouble with it is that even though it is a natural plant product, it is highly inflammatory. Pretty much all foods, any food you can think of, it's going to fall into one of two categories. It's going to be inflammatory or anti-inflammatory on some level. Definitely go listen to my episode on inflammation, episode 13, if you need to understand inflammation better. But inflammation happens in all kinds of different ways, and it shows up in different ways in different people. It depends on your genes, your, your makeup, your current stress level. It depends on the, state of your, the current state of your health and also what you're predisposed to having trouble with health-wise. So for foods that do fall into the category of being inflammatory, there is a general level for how they affect most people. So think of like a loose scale from barely inflammatory to highly inflammatory. One super easy example to understand with inflammatory responses is hot peppers. Some people simply cannot tolerate them. That's an inflammatory response, even if it's just taking place on your taste buds. So think of the way that some people get diarrhea or painful gas or constipation from eating dairy. I'm sure you know somebody. Those are highly inflammatory responses. Well, carrageenan is also considered a highly inflammatory ingredient and it's generally hard for the body to digest it if it's consumed regularly and frequently. And as I was saying, this inflammation can show up in different ways. There can be low level types of inflammation from carrageenan that people tend to write off as quote unquote normal, like farting, burping, and bloating, right? It happens to everybody at some point or another. And we think, oh, you know, this is part of part of being human. But sometimes it's a response from a certain ingredient. And this is how it shows up, how reactions from carrageenan show up in relatively healthy people that aren't already having chronic health conditions or digestive issues. So it might show up in healthy people like bloating or farting or burping. And remember, when I say digestive issues, that fully includes food sensitivities or food allergies, because that is a digestive issue. It's an issue within the gut and the small intestine and the microbiome in the gut. Now, for people who do already have chronic health conditions or autoimmune conditions or digestive issues of any kind, 
they might have more severe experiences from carrageenan because your gut health is already weakened. Most likely all of these types of people have some level of leaky gut or intestinal permeability happening. happening. So it makes sense that anything highly inflammatory will affect them more seriously. It can be, carrageenan can be inflammatory to the gut lining and it can also worsen leaky gut, which might, when you experience leaky gut, it, it typically feels like everything you eat makes you sick or a lot of things that you eat make you feel sick or have to run to the bathroom quite often. Um, and upon that happening with carrageenan or any food that causes digestive disruption, it's certainly having a negative impact on the gut microbiome, all of your healthy bacteria that you need to live in that is super highly related to your immune system. And when that happens, it strips away healthy bacteria and it starts to slowly throw the body's all of the body systems slowly out of balance in different ways, your immune system, your brain health, your mental health, your hormones. So it can also cause things like rashes or acne because your skin has its own microbiome too. And in the most severe cases, um, I don't have a number on how common this is, but carrageenan has been known to cause renal bumps or renal cysts, which means issues with the kidneys. But then these little cysts on the kidneys will most likely disappear if carrageenan is omitted from the diet, if that's what it's caused from. But when renal cysts do occur, if you go to a regular doctor, they're going to be like, ah, it's benign. There's nothing to worry about. But actually, there is a little bit of cause for concern because their presence can and does impair the kidney's ability to do their job optimally, to detox things from the body. So it can slow down the body's natural detoxification process. If it's, you know, just if you have just this like, ah, everything's fine. If you have that kind of attitude over the course of years or decades, that can definitely add up. And again, this is why I fully advocate everyone working with a functional medicine doctor because they're not going to blow it off. Like, ah, you're fine. They're going to take it seriously. They're going to help you get through it. Now, sometimes just the mere presence of carrageenan itself, just eating it can cause the issue and reactions in people. But sometimes people have bad reactions because of what carrageenan does when it's ingested. That is because carrageenan has sort of a laxative effect. It pulls water into the intestines, which makes sense. If you think about seaweed, by its very nature, it absorbs a lot of water. And like if you've ever seen wet seaweed and dry seaweed, there's quite a difference in the amount of volume it takes up, right? Because it absorbs a lot of water. So carrageenan can pull more water into the intestines than what's normal for that person so that in turn can leave a person feeling like they have an upset stomach or discomfort or any kind of GI issues. Now let's go back to where you might find carrageenan in case you're thinking, you know what, I might need to pay attention to this because this might be affecting me or somebody I know. So let's talk about wh where else it can be found besides almond milk because there's, there's a lot, you guys, get ready. There is a lot. Um, it might be in frozen foods processed meats, uh, dairy and non-dairy products like milk, yogurt, cottage cheese, cheese, uh, sour cream, ice cream, whipping cream, chocolate, 
syrups, fruit bars, jellies, tofu, dips, juice, pudding, frozen dinners, frozen pizzas. It's also found in some prescription drugs, toothpaste, baby foods, baby formulas, and other types of foods and personal care products. So that's a lot, right? And it, it can, it's used so often because it is very cheap. And like I said, it's used as an emulsifier or thickener for foods or to make things to help give things less of a liquid consistency and more of a gel or jelly-like consistency. So think about those foods I just listed off. A lot of them have that. Um, Processed meats, you know, if you think of like hot dogs or bologna, even if it's plant-based, it, they have to get it in, you know, it's highly processed meat, no matter what. So they, it, before it's in that like solid state of even think of like a plant-based sausage, it was a liquidy type of texture before it got formed into that sausage shape. So that's why you find it in processed meats. And there is also quite a long list of names that carrageenan also goes by on food labels like sugar. You know, you can sugar is listed as a million different names on food labels. Well, carrageenan is the same way. And I'm not going to read the whole entire list because it's a long list, but I will have that on my website. But I'm going to give you a few now. And again, you can read more of this on my website. Here are a few common names that you'll also see that mean carrageenan. Carrageenan gum, carrageenano. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Um, there are numerous spellings of carrageenan that might show up on food labels. It might also be called algus. Algu rogue marine, agar, red marine algae, red seaweed extract, and this is the one to pay attention to, vegetable gelatin. Now think about vegetable gelatin. That can mean all kinds of things, right? It's super vague. Now, if it says vegetable gelatin, that doesn't absolutely mean it is carrageenan because there are many kinds of vegetable gelatin, which is frustrating and confusing, but that's why I talk about this. Um, so again, go to my website to get an even longer list of what it might be called on food labels. And like I said, this can be so confusing and frustrating. So if you're really concerned that foods might have it, if you feel like you um, might want to start seeing if this is affecting your health, you might have to call certain companies directly and ask them, does your product contain carrageenan? And if it were me, I'd also say that when you call them, I would also say that you need to know because you're allergic. Because if you don't say that you're allergic, they are likely to just, if they don't know, if someone who answers the phone doesn't really like their job there, they might just be like, oh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we don't have that. They don't know. And so if you say that you're allergic, they certainly don't want a lawsuit. So I think they'll take it more seriously. I personally think that's the best way to ask if you have to ask about carrageenan or any other ingredient, to be honest. Another thing to keep in mind too, this is another big thing if you think it might be affecting you, is that companies often reformulate their products, which might potentially mean that carrageenan was added or subtracted in a reformulation process. So if you find that carrageenan is something that affects you, and if you have a favorite product, keep your eyes peeled for a day when they might have a little starburst on the label that says new taste or improved formula because you just don't know if they might have added carrageenan or not. 
And one really great example of a specific brand that I found out has removed carrageenan from their products is Almond Breeze. Now, they happen to be my personal favorite brand of almond milk. So I was really happy to see that, even though uh, they did this long before I ever even knew carrageenan existed. It might or might not have played a role in my food sensitivities. I really don't know. Um, But they replaced carrageenan with something called gel and gum. And I'm sure they must have had enough complaints of carrageenan in their products that it was worth making that change to something that is generally less inflammatory for most people. Another word of precaution about carrageenan is that for some people, it can negatively impact blood sugar regulation. So if you have some kind of condition where you have to be careful about your blood sugar, you might want to start looking into removing foods that have carrageenan in it. Also, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I also want to point out like carrageenan has been known to trigger migraines in some people. Anything from mild headaches to full-blown migraines. So if you've got mystery migraines, if you feel like you've tried everything, it might be worth looking into. I don't know. Now, another very specific brand, I'm kind of scared to put this brand on blast because they have kind of a cult following. But again, this is 100% fact as of this time. This is not my opinion. This is a fact. doTERRA, uh, the essential oils company, They have vegetarian soft gels that are a vitamin, and I know they're very popular. Those contain carrageenan. I'm not saying you should stop buying them, but if you use these, and if it's it's something to think about, if you think the carrageenan might be affecting you because it is an ingredient in their vitamins. Just like with many other things, though, the dose makes the poison. So again, I don't want to scare you. After all, like I said, carrageenan is a natural seaweed, but it can affect some people and it is inflammatory without question that it it is a fact that it is inflammatory. Now, whether that inflammation affects you or not, that's going to vary from person to person. But this is important, especially for people with predisposed health conditions, because um, carrageenan is another one of It's one of these ingredients where the FDA labels it as, you might have seen this on some products if you're really into reading labels like I am. It's usually in all capital letters. It's G-R-A-S, usually with no periods in between, but the G-R-A-S stands for generally recognized as safe. Now, when I see this on a product, whether it's food or something I put on my body like lotion, it definitely makes me raise an eyebrow and look for a less concerning option because if you ever go down the rabbit hole and read up on things that are allowed by the FDA to be labeled as GRA or G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe, it gets pretty sketchy pretty fast, in my opinion. Now, part of the reason that I say that is because when something is labeled as G-R-A-S, It is not required by law. It is not required by the FDA for that company, the maker of that product, to tell you exactly how much is in there. So whether it's carrageenan or something else, they don't have to tell you how much is in there um, when it's labeled as GRAS. So it can still affect you even if it's supposedly recognized as safe by the FDA because, again, the dose makes the poison. And what's harmful to one person isn't necessarily harmful to another person. Now, unfortunately, 
There are countless things like this by the FDA that actually do harm a lot of people, but it doesn't harm the majority of people. So it's kind of like they shrug and they're like, eh, it's fine. But that doesn't mean it's fine. So I want you to really understand this. And with things that are allowed to have this GRAS label, there's also something known as generational amplification. That means it, the health effect, the side effects don't get bad enough for concern until two to four generations later. While it's had enough time to create genetic variations that are commonly showing up. Now, this is significant because generational amplification is largely, largely, largely related to why we have an ever increasing, a rapidly increasing population with chronic health conditions. Now, as I said earlier, there are websites out there that claim carrageenan is a chemical and that it's carcinogenic. And I was looking at one of these blog posts. It's like more like an article than a blog post. Um, they made it look like very medical and serious. So as I was looking at this website, they were they were basically like pro-carrageenan, right? They were like, oh, carrageenan has all these very positive health effects. It's a probiotic and it's got antioxidants and it can help lower cholesterol. And I forget what else it said. It was all of these very positive things. Like it was super like Carrageenan is great, but really carrageenan does not have high nutritional value. And then as I scrolled all the way to the bottom of this very, 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 very long web page, it said, this is a quote, the regular consumption of carrageenan causes inflammation and could likely cause chronic problems such as an increase in inflammation in arthritis, increase in inflammatory bowel disease, chronic cholecystitis, tendonitis, and gallbladder inf- inflammation. So there you have it. Even this website is claiming all these great things. They even said how terribly inflammatory it could be for some people. Not all websites are going to even be that honest. Uh, but if you're interested in reading more about specific brands, very specific brands and products that do and do not contain carrageenan, I'm going to have a link on my website. Just look for this episode and it's going to list a lot of very specific products. It's a very long list. I even got tired of reading the whole thing. It's such a long list. (laughs) But many things on the list are from Whole Foods, from Trader Joe's, and there are quite a lot of other big brands and also brands I've never heard of um, that are listed. So you can find that by going to fitfizstudio.com slash podcast and click on this episode about carrageenan if you want to look deeper into that and have the wide world of carrageenan blown open. Um, You can find me on social media at fitfiz and Let me know what you thought of this episode and if you learned anything, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can also leave me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash fitfiz. You can also leave questions there for me and I might read them on the show. And if you'd like to support the show and get discounts to the FitFiz shop, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month by going to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. Major thanks to my current supporters, Wendy C, Jaris H, Zach R, Pamela P, Lise V, Tracy D, and the Bear Essentials podcast. Now I have a couple of really great guests lined up that I'm going to be lined up that I'm going to be recording soon. And the next episode without a guest is another one I've been meaning to do since day one, two years ago. Um, But I'm going to talk about what it means to be your own best health advocate. Now you might be thinking, uh, Kelly, duh, isn't that obvious? 
No, actually, it's not that obvious. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's misleading when people say that. Because prior to 2017, when I was completely in the dark about my health, I thought I knew what it meant to. But oh boy, was I ever wrong. And it wasn't until I started to heal from autoimmune stuff that I had a light bulb moment. And I'm going to explain all of that on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and for learning about carrageenan. I love you for listening and for caring about your health. Please share this with a person who popped into your head while you were listening. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.